Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 7 of Revelation chapter 21. We're going to be reading Revelation 21 beginning in verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Now stop reading there. Now we have been looking at verse 3 in the last couple of studies where God speaks of dwelling with his people. And we saw how that is the fulfillment of the biblical promises that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, would dwell with the people of God. And now in verse 4, the Lord is really giving one of the more comforting verses in all the Bible. As it says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now when when we think of the sorrows of this world, the daily grief and despair that the people experience, uh, we we can see how much of a blessing this scripture is. Actually, in just the last few weeks, I've personally heard of three individuals that I've known or others have known that have died. A couple of them were believers, and when when true believers die, we look at it differently than when an unbeliever dies. It's course a much more positive thing but also in the last couple of weeks there's been murders bombing deaths train derailments flood deaths deaths at home and deaths abroad or overseas there's war terrorism all sorts of instances of man hating his fellow man and every day this is happening in every nation of the world and and people are dying and many tears are shed by families and friends. There is much grief in this world. And we know, every one of us knows, it will be the same thing tomorrow and the next day. As long as this world continues on, there will be death, and there will be tears, and there will be crying and sorrow and pain. It is uh, an integral part of life in this world. But why is it? Why are these things so uh, so prevalent? Why is there such deep sorrow everywhere in this world? And of course, uh, the natural man, the 
the modern man especially doesn't want to hear the truth. They don't want um, the Bible's answer. But this is the fact of the matter that all of the terrible things we see on a daily basis that bring such terrible grief to mankind are a result of man's sin from the very beginning when Adam and Eve fell into sin and God cursed the world. Remember what the Lord said in Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis 3, beginning in verse uh, 16, and this is after uh, God is uh, pronouncing the curse, and he says unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. That is, you will die. You're, you were formed of the dust of the ground, and you will return to the dust of the ground in death. And in just these few verses, as God is speaking to the woman and to the man, he mentions sorrow. You will experience sorrow. You will experience death. And oftentimes, it's death that brings the the um, awful sorrow into a family, into a household. We we go along, and for a time we're happy. Uh, we uh, we have a new wife or a new husband. Children begin to be born, and we uh, we're we're building our home. And uh, things are uh, looking looking good, and and uh, just there's all kinds of good expectations we have for our life and for our children. But eventually, eventually, some it it will happen a little later than with others. Others it'll happen sooner. Eventually, death will come to the home. Maybe it won't be the immediate uh, parents and children. Uh, Maybe their children will have children, and then the parents become grandparents. But eventually the day comes, and all of a sudden there's whispers, and and there's tears and crying. Uh, Grandmom is dead, or grandpop is dead, or father is dead, or mother is dead, or worst of all, a child is dead. And death has come to the house and, and now there's weeping and, and many tears and deep sorrow and pain of heart because death has come. And now the household has changed. The family has changed. And, and after a while though, after a while, there's 
there's comfort and soothing and we go on. But what are we going on to? To the next occasion that will come eventually again to that family. And I don't have to know anything about you or, or anyone who's listening. I know this will happen to you and you know it will happen to you as well as you know it will happen to me if time continues on long enough. This is mankind's lot. We can expect tears and crying and sorrow and pain because of death. Death will come to each one of us. And here's what God says. We know that Adam and Eve were created good, and they would have lived forever, but they sinned. And as a result of sin, God had warned them, in the day you eat of that tree, you will die. And and because of their sin, and Adam was our figurehead, he stood as our representative, and all of us were in him, so we can't blame him. We all would have done the same thing, and in fact did do the same thing through him, that that he disobeyed God, and he died spiritually that very day, and physical death eventually came to him 930 years later, as it will to each one of us. We read in James chapter 1 in verse 14, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Now here God is explaining the process. Man looks upon the tree, and as we read of Eve, and and she saw that it was a tree to make one wise, or a fruit to make one wise, and and it was it was good beholding to the eye. That is, it looked like good fruit. So she lusts, and then follows sin, and what comes after sin? When sin is finished, it brings forth death. And and that's the pattern we've all followed in our life. Is there much death in this world? Well, yes, yes, There, it's everywhere, isn't it? There's just scores of people, thousands of people, millions of people across the earth each week that are dying for one cause or another, one reason or another. Man's inhumanity to man, war and terrorism and, and murder, or natural disease. We say it's natural, but it's a result of the curse upon the creation cancer and tumors and heart attacks, that these things come to people and they die as a result. And death is everywhere, which means sin is everywhere. Because death doesn't just come all by itself. It starts with lust. It leads into sin. And sin, when it's finished, brings death. So death is actually a result of sin. And we we look around the world, and you can see 
just a tremendous multiplication of sin all over the face of the earth. Iniquity is abounding. Men's hearts are waxing cold, which means more death. More death, eventually. More death will come. Man is always so excited and, and so eager to, uh, to run after his sin. Oh, the, this great uh, new thing that, that a man has, it, it, it excites him. It, it's a lust of the eye or a pride of life or whatever particular sin it happens to be. Like this, this whole gay marriage thing is just an example. There's a, a million sins that people do, but this is one that people are excited about. This is a good thing, they say. Yet, what will be the result? It'll only be death, just like of all other sin. When sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. And, and so when people go after money and and they lust after money, and they they uh, are compiling wealth in this world, and not thinking of God, it's all sin. And at the end, are they going to enjoy their money? No, they're going to die. And, and then their money will be given to another. No one is going to be able to enjoy their particular sin beyond the limits and the boundaries of this world. And, and and then they will die and cease to be and cease to exist. We read in Romans chapter 6, God is speaking of the wages of sin. And he says in verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. Again, sin leads to death. In Isaiah chapter 25, God it gives a wonderful and hopeful uh, verse to mankind. Uh, just, just a beautiful statement in the midst of all of this sin and death and and sorrow and and tears and crying. That just the misery that mankind has brought upon himself, thinking he's wise, thinking he. He knows what he's doing, and it's just a, a, a miserable world that that has resulted because of his rebellion against God. We read, though, that God has given us encouragement, given hope to his people in the Bible. It says in Isaiah chapter 25, in verse 6, And in this mountain shall Jehovah of hosts... Make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wines on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of wines on the lees well refined. And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering, cast over all people, and the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord Jehovah will wipe away tears from off all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth, for Jehovah hath spoken it. And here we see that in order for God to wipe away tears, he must deal with death. You, you can't 
have a world where people die and expect there not to be tears and crying and sorrow and pain. Uh, the, the two go hand in hand. Where there is death, there will be tears. And yet in the new heaven and new earth, when the former things are passed away, when this world is gone, God is then saying, as, as he's telling us here in Isaiah and also in our verse in Revelation 21 verse 4, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. You see how he joins the two. There is eternal life in the new heaven and new earth. There is um, no more death, and and therefore no more tears or or uh, pain of heart or grief, and and that is going to be an incredibly wonderful thing, where the people of God are brought into a new creation, and in this new creation there will be God, and there will be all the brethren, all those that God has saved, all the seed of Abraham, all of the elect people, the whole company of them, whose names were recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. And they will dwell together as brethren, as brothers and sisters. They will dwell together as sons and daughters of God. And there will be love of God. Love of the Lord Jesus Christ and love, of course, for the brethren. And it really will be a family of God. And an enormous family, perhaps numbering as many as 200 million, but all those that God have saved and redeemed and delivered from their sins and equipped with a new resurrected soul and body and granted eternal life to live in the eternal habitation of the new heaven and new earth, they will live on eternally together. And there will never be an instance, not one, not one instance where they'll wake up one day, just use um, language we're familiar with of time, and, and they'll go to um, the workplace, <laughs> just use figures that we use here, and somebody will say, oh, uh, brother so-and-so is no longer with us. Or, or sister so and so is no longer with us. And of course there's neither male nor female in the heaven and earth again. Uh, you know, trying to explain this glorious eternal future, uh, which is beyond us and above us and, and, uh, is not easy unless we use some of the language uh, of this world. And that's what God does in the Bible. But, but that will never happen. Because what would happen if we found out, oh, in the night he passed and he died? Well, we, we would all weep and cry and, and there would be many tears and, oh, that, that dear soul. Remember how they wept for Dorcas in the book of Acts and, and they lamented because she had done many good works. And true believers do weep for other believers when they 
they pass away, and yet this is the new heaven and new earth. And no, there's no more tears, because there's no more death, and therefore no more crying or sorrow or pain, and no more passing away. No more getting to know someone and getting to love someone deeply and then having your heart broken because that person is now gone and, and has died and ceased to exist and you, you just cannot talk to them anymore or love them anymore. There's no, no, no more of that, God says. No more. That's a, a, a result of the curse upon this world. That's because of the, the penalty and the punishment of, of sin. And, and sin is so evil. It has brought death into this world. But I have settled things with sin concerning my people and the law of God, which demands death. The wages of sin is death has been satisfied through the atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ at the point of the world's foundation, he died for them so that they will not die. And so they are set free to live forevermore and they will live and live and live and there will be no more tears as a result and and no more of the things that are so commonplace in this world. And you know, people, they, they wonder, why do you look uh, towards with good expectation to the coming day of God? To the end of the world. What is going to end, really? What is going to end? They haven't thought what that means for the child of God. Because they're so wrapped up in this world. And they love this world so much. And I, I wonder, and I'm sure many of us do. Why? Why love this world so much? This world that is full of tears and sorrow and crying and death and pain and injustice. This world where day by day it, it, it brings some kind of sorrow or calamity someplace. And it's just a matter of time before it comes around to our house, to your house or my house. And we live our life dreading the day. Remember in the book of Job, Job said, The thing that I have feared has come upon me. When the calamities came upon his house, when all of his children died and and he lost everything. It was only a matter of time, wasn't it? Before those ten children would die, eventually in time. The terrible thing there was it happened all at once. Or at least the terrible thing out of the norm was it happened to all of them at the same time. But it does happen to each family. This is why the child of God looks ahead and beyond to a better world, to a new earth where there is the the wonderful hope and the wonderful expectation of life forevermore. Thanks for joining us for E-Bible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. 
You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.